The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Bits and pieces, mostly compliments from uh, our church family, uh, not necessarily even about one message. It seems to be even across the board, that message spoke to me or that message spoke to me, or that message spoke to me. And so that's a blessing to see God using, and I have no doubt will continue as they have opportunity to preach here and other places, uh, our men behind pulpits. Uh, they're well-versed men, know their Bibles well, and, uh, and God has, I believe, touched their lives to be able to preach and teach the Bible the way they do, and I'm so thankful they're here with us. And so what a blessing that is. Haggai chapter 2, look at verse 19, and was preached this evening about uh, get the seed out of the barn. Get the seed out of the barn. Look at it again, Haggai chapter 2 and verse 19. The Bible says, is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree uh, hath not brought forth. It says, from this day will I bless you. All right, so the question tonight I want to pose before us as a local church, the seed being that which is the word of God, is the seed yet in the barn? Uh, over in the book of Luke chapter 8, verse 11, the Bible talks about the seed is the word of God. So we know that the seed is that which is the word of God. The Bible compares uh, itself to the seed being planted into the hearts of men whereby now you can have the new birth. Over in First uh, uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 23, the Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Uh, James chapter 1 and verse 18, the Bible says, of his own, it says, will begat, it says, he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creations or his creatures. And so God says this, it's because of the word of God that you and I have the new birth. Now, I thank God that in our church, we have stayed and will continue to stay with the King James Bible. We make no apologies for that. Uh, all the great revivals all down through history has been because of one source of Bible, namely the King James Bible. So we don't make any apologies for using it here as that which is the final authority in the Word of God as our seed. In particular, there's the sowing of the seed, that which is mentioned, the gospel. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 4. The Bible talks about what happens when that gospel is sowed. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, a grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God always on your behalf. Of course, this is Paul talking about the church at Corinth. He says, for the grace of God, which is given to you by Jesus Christ. Now, uh, this is not a godly church. Necessarily, would you see it that way? This is a church that was involved in certain things. But even Paul said, I thank God that there was a day when you received the seed. In other words, thank God there was a day when you got saved. Now, when the seed is left inside of the barn, I was raised on a 180-acre farm, Millers, Maryland, first couple years of my life. And can I tell you, when the seed was left inside of the barn, it did no good. It did no good. 
You weren't going to raise any corn. You were not going to raise any wheat. You were not going to harvest any hay. Uh, you were not going to have any uh, uh, lima beans or string beans. Uh, you weren't going to have uh, uh, any garlic coming in. You weren't going to have anything. If the seed is left untouched inside of the barn, there is no harvest whatsoever. Two things happen when the seed is still in the barn. Christian service begins to deteriorate. You show me a person that does not get involved in serving Jesus Christ, eventually, I'm just telling you how it is, they lose their joy. Uh, God saved you to serve him. He did not save you to serve yourself. He saved you to serve him. When a person loses the attitude and the practical application of serving Jesus Christ, eventually they lose their joy. Another thing happens when the seed's left in the barn and people are not using it, uh, then uh, it's replaced. If somebody can't find the seed, they'll try to get something if they want to grow, and so they replace it. Uh, many times, those that are cults will replace it with false Bibles. Uh, the compromisers will replace it with different versions of the Bible. The false religions will uh, replace it by distributing their literature. Uh, the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, the uh, Seventh-day Adventists, uh, uh, they have literature, and they will go ahead, and, and somebody's hungry, somebody's hungry, as newborn babes desire, desire, that means a want to, desire the sincere milk of the word. So a person, when they get saved, they're a newborn. When a newborn desires the sincere milk of the word, if they don't get it, and they don't know where to get it, because they want to grow, they're going to latch on to whatever they can find, hoping that they'll grow in the Lord. So false believers even sometimes get in the churches, not born again, not born again, not knowing that they're going to go to heaven, but they get into churches and sometimes pastors unwisely put them into positions of leadership and before you know it, it corrupts the body. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 24, the Bible says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that soweth good seed in his field. It's talking about seed again, sowing it in the field. Matthew chapter 13 verse 25, the Bible says, And while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And so there were tares sowed in among the wheat. By the way, uh, if you were to look at the tares, if you know anything about farming, you know anything about uh, crops, if you look at the tares and you look at the wheat uh, from the very beginning, you can't tell the difference. They look the same. Only in the latter end, normally in the latter end after the crop has been mostly corrupted can you tell the difference between the tares and the wheat okay and so uh, we understand that there is that which is good seed we understand there's that which is corrupt seed now in order for us to get the seed out of the barn I think we ought to realize some things let me give you some statements statement number one uh, let's spend money on evangelism again the seed is the word of God let's spend money on evangelism uh, let's make sure we put money in that's where the local church comes into play uh, let's put money into the local church to make sure that evangelism is being done uh, and not only is sowing 
compared uh, to the word of God. Sowing is also compared to giving to God's work. Over in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, the Bible says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Uh, let me give you some statistics about the city in which we're close to, which is Dallas. Dallas is located in North Texas, you know that. It's the ninth largest city in the United States of America. It's the third largest city uh, in the state of Texas. The Dallas metropolitan area, uh, much larger and is growing faster than any other uh, type of city around. It has 13 counties. Uh, there's Dallas, of course. There's the, the three major metros coming together. They call it the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, uh, Arlington Metro. In the Dallas-Fort Worth Arlington Metro, according to statistics that I read, it is 6.8 million people. It is the seventh largest metro in the United States of America. Uh, 36.8 percent are Mexican people that live here. Uh, 3.3 uh, percent is people from Peru. 0.2 uh, percent are people from Cuba. Uh, 4.3 percent is Latino or Hispanic. Uh, the suburbs of Dallas is home of some of the largest gatherings of Asian people in any metro city. There's Koreans that live here. Uh, there's Chinese that live here. Uh, people from Vietnam live here, uh, from Thailand, from India, from Pakistan, from Sri Lanka that live here. Uh, in the suburbs, uh, those that are from Asian descent uh, mostly have come to that which is the areas of Arlington, uh, Irving, Flower Mount, and Garland. Uh, Dallas also has a large population of what they say is from the Horn of Africa. You'll see in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that there's 70,000 uh, migrants that have come from Russia that speak Russian. Uh, there are those that are Russians, as they call themselves. There's Russian Jews that live here, and there's Ukrainians that live here, 70,000. In the metro, there's 100,000 deaf people that make their home in the metro. Uh, Dallas is also the 12th largest gathering of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender population in the United States of America. So why are you saying all that? These are all people that need Jesus Christ. Amen. May I say, if you look at the di uh, uh, that which is uh, uh, the, uh, the demetrics of that, uh, let me give it to you if I could please. Uh, thinking about how all this is coming together percentage-wise. 61.76% is white people. 24.32% uh, is black or uh, African-American people. Other races, 7.66%. So if you put everybody, if you would please, ge uh, geographically in the area of that, uh, if you would, 
you're looking at this area only. I'm talking about the metro. I'm talking about Dallas. I'm talking about Fort Worth and Arlington. There's 4.36% Asian. There's 2.56% other races. Uh, there is uh, 0.26% uh, Native American. Uh, there is 0.05% Hawaiian or uh, that which is called the Pacific Islanders. Now, wait a minute, uh, where does this all come to? It comes to you and I trying to reach everybody with the gospel. Amen. Can I tell you something? In heaven, it's not just going to be white people. Amen. In heaven, it's not just going to be black people. Amen. In heaven, it's not just going to be Asian people. Amen. If you look around our church, you're going to see that there's a hodgepodge of people that come to church here. Nobody's lifted above another, and nobody is looked down. Uh, we all come to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, may I say, we all have a responsibility to get out the gospel. Now, that takes evangelism. That means we get out and we talk to people. That means we get out, we pass out gospel tracts. That means that we share the gospel with people. Uh, that means that we care about people. We do it through CD duplication, uh, digital recordings. We do it through online services. Uh, we do it uh, through uh, passing out last year 273,000 gospel tracts. Parkside Baptist Church passed out. Uh, uh, we run uh, right now uh, 11 bus routes, dividing one bus route onto one bus. 11 bus routes reaching out. I thank God for every bus captain. Thank God for every bus driver. Thank God for all the bus workers. Many times I've had you stand in the service. Thank God for each and every person that serves in the bus ministry. We could do more if we had more bus drivers. Some of our bus drivers get on a bus. They drive in the morning time. They take home in the afternoon. They stay in the afternoon service. They drive again. They come in. Then they drive them home. Uh, some bus drivers are on the bus making four trips on a Sunday uh, we need more bus drivers. Need people who say, look, I'll be willing to take at least one shift. I can relieve somebody at least one way. Uh, need uh, more bus workers, more soul winners going out. One of the members of our church said, I've been here uh, X amount of years, I think five plus years in the church, and said only one Sunday school teacher, uh, he's a drive-in crowd, he said only one Sunday school teacher has ever come by to see my children. Now I say, that's a shame. Sunday school teachers, look, don't rely on the bus ministry to build your, church, uh, build your uh, uh, Sunday school class. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you should be visiting. You should be going in the home, sitting down with the mom, sitting down with the dad, saying, hey, thank God for your child. Thank God they're in my class. They deserve, you know, when I was a, when I was a, a, a pastor up in Tennessee, uh, we lived a spitting distance from the church auditorium. You left the church auditorium. You had to drive past the parsonage I lived in in order to get out. You didn't drive past my house. You didn't get out. You had to drive past my house. Now, can I tell you, uh, my kids look forward to Sunday school teachers. Now, they were the preacher's kid. Oh, they don't need visiting. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They're important, too. Well, I, I thank God for the Sunday school teachers I had of my children when they were young that came by and spent time with my children. Made them feel important. Made them feel loved. Uh, may I say this? Uh, may I say, uh, let's spend some money in evangelism. Let's make sure that everybody has an opportunity to hear the gospel. Let's make sure that everybody has an opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. 
I, I thank God we go on mission trips. I'll cover that in a minute and the great need there. But also there's a great need right here. You say, preacher, I don't know what to do. You show up, we'll train you. We train soul winners all over the world. Certainly we can train you. Uh, everybody can be able to go out and talk to people about Jesus Christ. May I say, let's spend money and time uh, in evangelism. Statement number two, uh, let's support missions. Let's support missions. Don't let it die. Just because we're in the middle of the year, missions conference is a great way away. Don't let it die. If you committed to support a missionary, stay with it. If you're new in the church, start giving to missions. Start giving to missions. Uh, let's make sure that the world gets the gospel. Uh, uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8, the Bible says, And he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Paul's talking here in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 17 to the church at uh, uh, Philippi, and he says this. He says, Now ye... Uh, 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 people there is talking to those that's there at Philippi. He says, know also uh, that the beginning of the gospel when I departed to Macedonia, uh, no church communicated with me as according to giving and receiving, but ye only. Yeah, he recognized those uh, that were at Philippi at this church. He said, you're the only ones that stayed up with me. Hey, wouldn't it be good? Missionaries send us a letter. Wouldn't it be good to send them a letter? Wouldn't it be good to recognize them on their birth? I've had a burden for years. I've had some people step up and say, uh, I'd like to do that, and they weren't able to do it. I've had a burden for years to start a program on Sunday afternoon at 5 o'clock for those that's not already plugged into a ministry just to be able to correspond with our missionaries, just to be able to make sure they do get birthday cards, they do get anniversary cards. Uh, to read through missionary letters and send them correspondence saying, heard you had a big day. Sure, I'm proud of you. Uh, they need communication too. Uh, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says for uh, even in Thessalonica, it says, ye said once and again, that means more than one time, once and again unto my necessity. He says, man, you were there for me again, again. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 17, the Bible says, not because I desire a gift. You know, most missionaries don't like asking for money. One of the hardest things, I, I, I know because I was an evangelist for 12 years, one of the hardest things missionaries uh, have trouble with is saying, uh, would you consider uh, supporting us? That's hard. Why? Because most missionaries are of the humble state not proud, arrogant, self-sufficient, cocky, all about me. Uh, most of them are, are humble people. Uh, uh, they'll have cars that break down, never hear about it. They have tires that blow out, never hear about it. They have dental work needs to be done, they never tell you. You know, uh, they just pray and they, uh, they ask God. Now, can I tell you this? Look, uh, when missionaries come through, spoil them. When our missionaries that's on deputation, they come back and they're here. Look, uh, there ought to be people standing at the door saying, can we take you out? I'd like to take you out. Can we take you out? Hey, how you doing? You guys need shoes? Uh, what do you need? You guys need suits? I'll, I'll take care of it. How's your car running? Car okay? Everything good? Uh, we ought to be the one to be able to meet the missionaries needs 
We're to look out for them, especially, and don't get me wrong when I say this, especially people that's going out of our church, you ought to go out of your way. When they come in, the road's hard. It's hard. It's difficult to live on the road. Not all churches will take care of people when they come through. But when I was a, 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 an evangelist, we'd go to a church, think, man, we're going to have a good offering. We barely made it out with enough money for gas sometimes. Can I tell you, listen, uh, uh, support missions, support our missionaries. Uh, C.T. Studd said this. He said uh, uh, one of the early, uh, by the way, he was one of the early missionaries to the Congo, and he said this. He said, if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice is too great for me to make for him. Uh, he knew what it was to be a missionary. Uh, can I say that two-thirds of the world's population, that's 4.4 billion people, live within inside what we call the 1040 window. 90% of the people that live inside of the 1040 window are unevangelized. 90%. 85% of those living inside of the 1040 window make up the poorest population of people in the world. The statistics of the numbers of non-Christians uh, is staggering as you think about those that are unevangelized. Example, uh, 865 million Muslims are unreached. Islam followers in uh, 3,330 uh, cultural, what we call subgroups. 550 million Hindus are unreached. Uh, they're in 1,660 cultural subgroups. 140 million unreached uh, Japanese. Uh, 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 they're in 445 groups. 275 million unreached Buddhists, 900 groups. 250 or 2,550 unreached tribes that don't even have a, a, a that which is the Bible in their tongue. One, that's 140 million, if you would please, if uh, you look at that statistically, numerically, one by one. Forming the smallest group, if you will, 17 million Jews scattered in 134 countries. Well, they need the gospel. They need the gospel. Never will forget, I was preaching in Thailand. There was a, a, a Buddhist priest that would come down. And uh, we'd sit there. He'd be sitting at one table. I'd be sitting at another table. I'd wave at him. He'd wave back, smile. That means he wanted to talk. So I moved my stuff over to the table. He understood English well enough. I said, you're a Buddhist priest. He said, yeah. I said, why? He said, well, this is what I think God wanted me to do. I said, do you ever doubt it? Uh, did you ever question it? He said, well, yeah. I said, can I show you some Bible verses? He said, no. I said, but you're a priest. You ought to want to see Bible verses if you're a priest. And he said, well, he said, we can't do it here. So we went outside the next morning after we ate breakfast. We met outside, away from some of his friends and whatnot. He said, you can show me a couple of them. Showed him a couple of them. He was not open at all. Next morning, showed him a couple of them. Not open at all. Years later, I find out that uh, Brother Jom Hong had the privilege to show him how to be saved. And he bowed his heart, received Christ. 
What was that? That was the seed going in, seed going in, seed going in. You might not see a bunch of people get saved, but you and I do have a responsibility to make sure the seed gets out of the barn. We have the responsibility to make sure that that seed... I took him soul winning one time. I said, let's go soul winning. He was so happy. He said, man, you know, I know you came as a soul winning pastor. And he said, but that day, we didn't lead anybody to Christ. He said, I'm so happy to find out you're a normal person. <laughs> you're not going to see people saved all the time. But when God opens the door, you're supposed to walk through the door. Amen. When God opens the door for you to take a mission trip and go with Brother Dent and others that uh, uh, go out and, uh, and take a mission trip to a foreign field, man, uh, try to do it. Why? Get the seed out of the barn. Amen. We have a responsibility to make sure that uh, in local evangelism, that's why I say pass out tracks like running water. Make sure that you give the gospel. Anybody can do that. Amen. You don't have to be smart. You don't even have to be good looking. Just pass the gospel out. Give the gospel out. Give the gospel out. You say, well, that's below me. Then you're too far down. Raise yourself up a level. Uh, care about people and get the gospel out. Uh, statement number one, I said, let's spend money on evangelism. Statement number two, oh, by the way, uh, money in evangelism means keeping the buses running. I uh, thank God he's on the platform. Don't mean to embarrass him. Uh, but I thank God for Brother Josh. Saves us tons of money. Thank God for YouTube. You get out there and say, Dad, we can't afford it. We don't have the money to be able to replace this. We put it in the shop. It's going to cost us two, three, four thousand uh, dollars But I think I can figure it. I think, I think I can figure it out. Uh, he'll pull things apart, lay them in order. That way he knows the proper way to put them back in. He get in there, looks like a grease monkey. He looked like when he was a child, too. But anyway. <laughs> but he'll use YouTube it, get in there, try and figure it out, call people. Brother Kazar comes up, gets up here, uh, uh, throws uh, his intellect in it, his knowledge in it, these two men together, figuring it out, and we run some buses. Amen. Uh, but wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good? If we just had somebody that would come up every day and say, I'm, I'm here for the bus ministry. I'm going to keep the buses rolling. If it takes me five days a week to work on them, I volunteer. If it takes me seven days a week to work on them, I'm going to get them up, keep them up, and just keep it moving. Hey, wouldn't that be good? I'm saying this, there has to be some people that just decide, I'm going to do some things for Jesus, and I'm going to make sure that uh, uh, a local evangelism is uh, the heartbeat, and uh, stays the heartbeat, and I'm going to make sure that uh, those on the mission field get to hear the gospel. And then may I say this, and I'm done. Let's spread the message ourselves. Spread the message ourselves. Oh, you might not be a good preacher, but you can spread the gospel. You might not be a good Sunday school teacher, but you can spread the gospel. You might not be a good singer, but you can spread the gospel. You might not have a great personality. Your personality might rub people the wrong way and animals too. But at least you can spread the gospel. You can be somebody that cares about people and talks to people about Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, the Bible says, And after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. 
to save them that believe. You know what I love about new believers? People that just get saved, man, they're so excited about their Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and they're always wanting to learn. They never, never outgrow learning. By the way, one of the ways to uh, keep the seed fresh is make sure you always bring your Bible to church. Amen. Want to see a great testimony tonight? If you brought your Bible, hold it up nice and high. Brought your Bible tonight, hold it up nice and high. Isn't it great that we've got our Bibles? Amen. Isn't that great? Uh, put your Bible down. Isn't it great that we can uh, turn in the Bible and hear the pages? Isn't that good? Turn in the Bible and you can see truth for yourself and see it's not error. Watch this, all right? So Acts chapter 8, verse 35, the Bible says, And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. The Bible says in Psalm 126, 5 and 6, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Uh, Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30, the Bible says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that went of souls is wise. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18, the Bible says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath, uh, listen to it now, given us the ministry of reconciliation. The Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 20, last verse I'll read, he says, Now uh, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in God's stead, be ye reconciled. And so God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God wants us to go about helping people to see how they can be reconciled to God. And we ought to take every opportunity to be able to do that. That's not saying we ought to do it because we're preachers. That's not saying that. We ought to do this simply because we love people and we don't want anybody to burn in hell. You, you know where we get our Sunday school teachers? I'm going to tell you. I look at the soul winning crowd uh, eight, nine, or 10, 11 times that we have different people going at soul winning and we choose leaders from soul winners. You know why? Uh, because they're already going for God. If they're going for God, then I won't have, a, won't have any problem with them going for wells. Uh, that's my last name. <laughs> but if they're not going for God, they're not going to go for me. If they're not faithful to serve the Lord, they're not going to be faithful to visit a Sunday school class. I tell them they need to visit. So what do we do? We look for the soul winners. We look for the soul winners. And we say, you've been faithful at soul winning because you love the Lord. Would you consider helping in a Sunday school class? Uh, you've been faithful soul winning. Would you consider helping in a junior church? Now why? Because they're proving themselves. So we look out among us. Oh, just like with the deacons. What do you do? You watch them for about three years. See if they're real. About three years, you find out if they're real or not. If they're real, uh, now maybe they could be considered. Then the church body votes on who they want to serve the pastor and serve them and serve the Lord. I'm saying this. I'm saying there needs to be a time where you and I take it very personal. Very personal. I don't go soul winning so that we can build Parkside Baptist Church. 
I doubt if anybody that got saved last week in the Philippines is going to come here to church Wednesday night. I doubt if people I lead to Christ on an airplane or at a hotel is going to show up in church. No, I do it because the gospel's real. So it doesn't matter where you go, the gospel doesn't change. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of our blessed Savior, the one that shed his blood for us on the cross, that's sufficient to be a soul winner any time. Now I'm saying this, you can do it yourself. Um, you can spend money, help to evangelize. You can support missions, help to evangelize. You can do it yourself, help to evangelize. Here's the one thing I know. If you do your part, you rest well at night. Yes, sir. Uh, Paul said this. Paul said, I'm free from the blood. He's the only person I've ever read said this. He said, I'm free from the blood of all men. He's the only one I read about. I wonder if we could say that. I wonder if you could say, I'm free from the blood of all my neighbors. Of all my neighbors. We went over uh, Praveen's house and Elizabeth's house, and we were going to go out on a double date, and so we picked him up, and we walked out in the driveway, and uh, Brother Praveen said this. He said, uh, that person lives right next to me. They're a Christian. He said, talk to them. This is what they do. Two houses down, talk to them. Uh, they're not saved. This is what we do. Three houses down, witness to them as soon as we got here. He's a music director in some church. No, he's saved. Cross the street. That guy there told me about. That guy there he told me about. That guy there he told me about. That guy there told me about. Uh, I said, you've been busy. You've been busy. He said, well, aren't we supposed to do that? Now, that's a businessman. Uh, can I tell you, God can use you. You're working at a place, nobody's going to hear the gospel unless you share it. Nobody's going to. I'm responsible to do what is in front of me. And... Uh, using the abilities that God has given me to reach out in areas that God pushes me, opens the door for me. But you're responsible for your area. Here's the question, I'm done. Is your neighbor saved? Do you know it? Is your friend saved? Do you know it? Is your friend that's a new believer, is his friends saved? Do you know it? See, there's ways for us to get the seed out of the barn. We're supposed to get the seed out of the barn. That's the responsibility. Came planting time. We go out, we make all the fields ready. Throughout the year, we put uh, different types of uh, uh, minerals and th things of that nature into the soil. It was ready. Came planting time. We go out, we disc it up. First, we'd plow it, and then we'd bring the disc out, and we'd cut the big lumps into uh, small, small pieces as we disc the fields. Then we'd come out, and we'd begin to put the seed in the ground. Amazing. Wherever we put the seed, it would grow. So in the cornfield, if all of a sudden we dropped some string bean seed, potato seed, whatever, it would grow. Why? Because what you put in, God will use, just like the Word of God. Uh, I was making hospital visits, and I visited Justin, and here's what he said. He said, Preacher, all the years of attending Parkside, seed went in, seed went in, Word of God went in, Word of God went in, Word of God went in, 
Word of God. He said, I've never forgotten that. Yeah. So you put enough seed in, and guess what? Eventually, you get that which is growing. Put good in, good comes out. Put bad in, bad comes out. Depends on what you're putting in. Get the seed out of the barn. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.